good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Henny Cutter, Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victors. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kudigate, all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm still here in the great state of Wisconsin here in Black River Falls. Just got done doing uh, uh, the state of the tribes in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and now heading back. But uh, uh, I just want to say a big peeny geeky to uh, McDonald's and their Wi-Fi uh, doing the radio show on the road, Haley. Ooh, that sounds really fun. Well, I just want to remind everyone that this portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute, or NACDI, here in Minneapolis. Hey, Haley, we got uh, Robert Lilligren coming on in just a minute here. But uh, first, we uh, always enjoy and appreciate the governor of Wisconsin giving us an update. So why don't we take a quick listen? Hey there, Native Roots Radio. Governor Tony Evers here with my weekly update. Earlier this week, I enacted fair legislative maps for the state of Wisconsin. This is an historic moment for a state and for everybody who calls Wisconsin home. Because for more than a decade now, Wisconsinites have lived under some of the most undemocratic gerrymandered legislative maps in America. When I ran for this office in 2018, I promised I'd never stop working to right that wrong, to fight for an independent, nonpartisan redistricting process, to secure fair maps for Wisconsin, and to have the courage to do what is right. To me, the decision to enact these maps boiled down to this. I made a promise to the people of Wisconsin that I would always try to do the right thing. My maps that I signed are fair, responsive, and reflect the will of the people. And this is so important, Wisconsin, so I want to explain what that means. First, these maps are fair. We're aiming to make sure each party has a fair shake at winning the legislature. Under these maps, it's more likely that each party will win a majority of the legislative seats when they earn a majority of your votes. That's common sense. Second, these maps are responsive. Under these maps, we'll see more competitive contested races by making it more likely that legislative districts will flip from one party's control to another when the voters' preferences change. Every vote matters, and that's a good thing for democracy. Finally, these maps reflect the will of the people. Under these maps, the people will be able to elect Republican majorities, Democratic majorities, or even a split legislature if they want. But the most important part is Wisconsinites decide. That's how elections should work. Folks, Wisconsin is not a red state or a blue state. We're a purple state. And I believe our map should reflect that basic fact. And now they do. This is a victory not for me or any political party, but for our state and for the people of Wisconsin. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Hey, uh, let's bring in Robert Lilligren, Native American Community Development Institute. Uh, wow. Just your comments on that. That's a, a huge deal here. Yeah, it is a huge deal. Finally, right? There's going to be some fair uh, redistricting maps in Wisconsin. And, and to Governor Evers' credit, he didn't really stilt them one way or the other. And I think uh, that he had... Republican support for the maps that he proposed, because had they not been approved by the legislature, then their Supreme Court would have had the authority to draw the new maps. And I don't think the Republicans in Wisconsin wanted the uh, newly liberal majority Supreme Court drawing their maps. I think that's a really good point, Robert. I, I, I think that uh, that was the whole idea behind him doing this, is not to put uh, the new uh, Supreme Court member on the hot seat because she's been on the hot seat since she was elected. Yeah, she has. And, you know, my sense is I don't know her. I've never met her or anything, but that she welcomes that, right? She knows what she's doing on that court and she knows whatever she does, she's going to drop fire. I just think this, you know, the governor, Governor Evers' point about creating fair maps that will reflect the will of the voters. And 
please don't quote me on this because I'm just making this number up. But it's something like, you know, like, like Governor Eva said, they're a purple state. They're like 50-50, just about. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, 75% of their federal uh, delegates, their federal representatives are Republican. So clearly that's not really the will of the voters in Wisconsin. Now, I, maybe you can help me with this, but I remember us talking about it, especially when Ho-Chunk uh, citizen Trisha Zunker was running. She had to win, and maybe you can help explain this to me. She had to win like 65% of the vote in order to, to win because it was so gerrymandered. How How is that? And do I have those numbers off? You know, I don't Haley looks like she might know something about that race. I don't really know uh, much about that race. But it, my guess is that if you go down into those numbers, it starts to reflect partisanship, right? So she needed to win so much more of her party's vote to prevail in the race. But I, I don't know much about that race, Robert. My apologies. Yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot. I know sure. you know a lot. So, hey. But, <laughs> yeah. But this is just fairness and uh, really appreciate that. We got a heads up at my at my job that this was happening and wanted the support of uh, the tribes across uh, okay. Wisconsin. And um, I just uh, am really excited that we're inching towards something different and maybe better for Wisconsin, especially with the big election coming up. All right. Better for Wisconsin and better for the whole country, right? Uh, when yeah. majority control of both houses in D.C. are sort of up for grabs or razor thin, uh, both in the Senate and in the House. And, you know, things like this, more fair redistricting maps, sets a level, a more level table, right? And we shall see. I think this is going to be a very interesting election cycle. I think that, uh, you know, it's hard to think of Congress as a down-ballot race, but it's not the top of the ticket, right? But I think these more down-ballot races, both at the federal and state levels are really going to decide sort of what happens at the top of the ticket. Exactly. And I, I, I think what we do here at, at Native Roots Radio, too, is really try to, to calm people because it seems like national news really is putting out the panic button. But if we stay uh, on top of our game, not get uh, disappointed listening to things, we just have to move forward because we outnumber them. Right, right. So uh, Trump won the presidency with a minority vote. Uh, uh, Secretary Clinton beat him numerically. Uh, he was a minority vote getter in the election against Biden, and I suspect he'll be a minority vote getter in this year. So we'll have to see how the electoral college map plays out. Mm -hmm. But there were some real gifts that were kind of the legacy, gifts to progressives that were the legacy of Trump's presidency. And one of them is stacking the Supreme Court, which led to the Dobbs decision, which is still motivating not just progressive voters, but centrist women voters. And you look at some of the uh, activities since the Dobbs decision and I'm sorry, I should be more prepared, but is it Alabama? What state Supreme Court? Was it Alabama, Arkansas? that just ruled that a frozen embryo is a child. That was mm -hmm. Al Alabama, right? Alabama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that just shows again, this, it was a short, it, it was a Supreme Court that no longer dispenses justice for a majority of this country. And their, um, their unjust decisions are are motivating voters on the left. Hey, we're here with Robert Lilligren, and we're talking our little weekly politics. Looks like Robert's got his suit coat on. He's going to go out and uh, do some campaigning. No, I just came from a fancy schmancy downtown event. So. <laughs> All right. You got to invite me some. Hey, Native Roots Radio, we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us.
We are your relatives. We are your relations. Brothers. Sisters. Sons. Daughters. And, and some, some of us are your grandchildren. We are your community. Historically, we held places of honor and respect. Because of the impact of colonization, some of us are rejected, thrown out from family, friends, and community, set up as targets for sexual violence, sex trafficked, humiliated, tortured, and murdered. Everybody has the right to be safe. We are your relatives. Remember, homophobia is not traditional. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, if you're like a lot of people, you're probably relieved that the holiday celebrations are over. But there's one thing that might stay with us from the holidays besides all those gifts, and that's COVID-19. Numbers from COVID are going up as we spend more time inside. And Native Americans are seeing even bigger case spikes. With all the indoor celebrations over the holidays, you may have unknowingly been exposed to someone with COVID-19. That's why it's important to stay vigilant. If you notice any symptoms like a fever, a tickle in the throat, or heavy fatigue, take an at-home test. They're still free and can be ordered at sayyeshometest.org. If you do test positive, you're eligible for free treatment, and no health insurance is required. Visit health.state.mn.us to connect with providers and receive your treatment. Let's make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. The City of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's Native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis Air on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by All My Relations Arts and their current gallery exhibit, Okizi, in partnership with the American Swedish Institute, running now until April 13th at 1414 East Franklin Avenue, Minneapolis. Wow, Haley, you do a great job uh, reading those. That's awesome. And and I know we're excited. We we both have gone to this event, and uh, it's out there, and it's it's beautiful and a great representation of both uh, both cultures that really look like they're very similar like we always talk about here robert mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and, uh, one of the swedish art- artists that's partnering on this exhibition is sami and the story of the samis is very parallel to the stories of indigenous people here on turtle island and especially the plains indians and the samis were forced to assimilate the genocide committed against them and, and they were controlled by the governor, by this, the government, by the state, um, by controlling their food supply, the caribou. And so much like the buffalo being eliminated to, to commit genocide on Plains Indians, the, the Scandinavian governments um, eliminated the caribou. And so, yeah, there's so many similarities. It's, it's yeah. interesting. The show, uh, To Heal, is... Uh, really just generated so much interest we have groups coming through the gallery and there's all kinds of public discourse between uh NACDI and all my relations arts and the american swedish institute and NACDI staff all my relations arts staff is um planning the closing uh of the show for april 13th and they're really putting together uh, an incredible panel of people and we're trying to import some of the artists, native artists from this country that are um, exhibiting to be part of the closing uh, artist talks and things. Wow, 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 that's awesome. And I feel like we're really partners with you you guys and uh, we really appreciate stopping in, sitting down, uh, sitting behind your desk and taking a t-shirt and things like that, yeah. but, <laughs> but, so as Robert's talking about, so folks don't, you know, our office is right on the American Indian Cultural Corridor on Franklin, just off Powell Grounds, an incredible coffee shop that's a huge community hub. And then our gallery is right there as well. And it really is a community sort of center. You know, I always say that um, 
our organization, NACTI, is very permeable to the community. We need to be to do our work. And so we just have community coming through. I was sitting close to the door today in the office. So I was uh, answering the door every time people knocked every few minutes. <laughs> Uh, I'm usually the one knocking. That's why. I'm right. How to make you? <laughs> oh wow, that's cool. Well, Robert, you know we only got a, a short time here, and I know um, I like to talk a little politics with you. Uh, first off, I know uh, you and I haven't talked about this, but the the two police officers and the medic, our prayers are out to them, and mm -hmm. uh, it's just. Very sad. Yeah. And so folks who aren't from this area, and uh, one of the big suburbs of the Twin Cities, Burnsville, there were two police officers and a paramedic, a firefighter, who were shot dead this last week. And so you're right, prayers to the families, to their communities. And they were answering a domestic violence call that just went way wrong. And so, so it's very sad. The um, shooter is dead as well by apparently an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. So that kind of stuff just rattles a community and and as it should, so very sad. Right, yeah. and we, we talk about, you know, the police uh, a lot here and uh, during the George Floyd, but we know that 99% of the police officers are good. And so there is no black and white. We are uh, really sending prayers out, Robert. Here, here, and you know, here in our community, you know, we try to, we, we have our issues with the police and our history with the police, and we realize that they're partners in helping to keep our relatives safe. And, you know, one of the things that really uh, caught my attention was on February 14th, we had our MMIW and our uh, rally in March here. Was huge. I, I think I saw both of you there, didn't I? Or I saw yeah. you there. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm, Clocking it at at least a thousand people. Oh yeah, and uh, and you know to do a, a march that size in Minneapolis, you have to have uh, police, a certain amount of police, to block off the streets and things. And so we had law enforcement from many jurisdictions: our county sheriff, our city police, our metropolitan transit police, and many of them volunteered their time for the event. So they didn't cost the organizers, you know, off-duty police fees and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that kind of stuff goes a long way mm -hmm. to, to building, I think. Well, and again, we have uh, our relatives, natives that are police officers, too. And we're not, not you too know, many. <laughs> right. But there, there's a few. <laughs> good point. But there's a few, you know, and we yeah, want to yeah. throw them under the bus because... Mm -hmm. uh, all we in support club. them. Yep. In Minneapolis, we have three Native officers. Now we're down to three. Okay. So it's, yeah, we have had more, and the three that we have are great for the community, and we support them for sure. But three isn't a lot. And, you know, I got kind of mouthy at a community meeting recently, a safety community meeting, because uh, the, the system, the police recruiters and things are asking how to recruit more Native officers. You know, and then we had one of our native officers, Officer Cheryl Goodman. She used to be Sergeant Cheryl Goodman. She took a demotion so she could be working right in the native community. And she and her partner used to run a police activities league with this cadre of about 15 to 20 young native women and girls. And they did amazing things with these young women. And, you know, they would get them in front of groups to talk. They would travel with them. They would co coach them in athletics. They would teach them some very fundamental so social soft skills. I mean, it was really incredible. And Officer Goodman and her partner um, used their own resources to do this quite a bit. And then when police budgets are, it's time to cut police budgets. And there's this kind of prevailing wisdom that all money needs to be directed to hiring and paying officers. And so programs like this Police Activities League that was building these relationships and trust and could result in recruiting some of these young women to be police officers. Those are the first things that get cut. Mm. And so, uh, and that's across the board. It's those, you need to be building those relationships over years. And I got kind of mouthy in the public discourse and started dropping a few F-bombs, which I'm Whoa. not proud of. 
but I said, I am so tired of having this effing conversation every effing year when all you do is cut the relationship building programs year after year. If you truly want to recruit from the Native community, you're going to need to do one-on-one -on -one relationship and trust building and investing in that. Great um, point. And uh, his name's Jack. Jack is uh, her partner's name. No, it was a woman. It was a woman at the time. Oh, I know I thought... you're talking about. Yeah, this is okay. a few years back. They cut oh. the program a few years ago. It was when I was at Little Earth. Okay. And they were uh, working at Little Earth United Tribes, and they were. Um, I'm trying to think of her partners and I can view her, but uh, Cheryl Goodman and her partner were so active there. They I just got. Hit... I gotta jump in, and uh, I re I remember what you're saying right now. I've seen proof of. I know the a school that I used to teach at, to make a long story short, they started a, a tennis summer program. And then 10 years later, for the next five years, they won the city in tennis. I mean, those are the kind of things right. that you have to do. That is exactly. And, and you're not going to, you know, the, one of the suggestions at this community meeting that I started dropping the F-bombs at, the, one of the non-Native people who's interested in recruiting more Native officers said, um, you know, maybe we'll, we should involve the elders. Would elders talking to these younger people be helpful? And I said, the elders are going to trust the police less than the <laughs> younger people do. They're like, no, it's your responsibility to build those relationships, you know. Yeah. And again, like I said, invest it. Put the money on the table to exactly. invest in building those relationships. Exactly. Great point. We got a couple minutes left, and Wendy just checked in and said she's watching from New York. I, I saw that. I want to uh, always honor her, and she always would, across the table, say, ask Robert what he wants to talk about. So you got two minutes. Okay. Oh, there's so much, and I had a whole list of things. But the one thing I really want to lift up, and it's just it's kind of all-consuming for me right now. And, you know, here in our community, we're always trying to figure out how to best support our relatives who are living outside, living unsheltered, and also experiencing uh, opioid use. And in our community, we have a leadership forum called Metropolitan Urban Indian Directors. It's an over 50 year continuously meeting leadership forum. And through Metropolitan Urban Indian Directors or the acronym MUID or MUD, we have a subcommittee that's been focusing on finding short-term, mid-term, and long-term solutions at the intersection of unsheltered homelessness and opioid use. And the fact that we work on both of these issues together makes it harder, right? More difficult. And we have reaffirmed through the community through the years, the now five years we've been meeting, um, that we have to con we have to connect those. That's our experience in the community. They are connected issues. And so uh, so after several years of this work and 18 months of intensive uh, consultant-driven work, Dr. Nick Metcalf, a Native um, PhD in our environment, we are about to publish our report with recommendations. And so we've been previewing it through the resource holders, the policymakers, and others. And now we're planning for a whole communications tour, sort of speakers tour, building capacity in the community for people to present to policymakers and other resource holders. And I'm, I'm just thrilled. I've wanted to be at this point for five years. And so, so more to come. Congratulations, Robert. And thank you so much for being on. Keep My us pleasure. posted on that. And Haley, what do we got next? We have some great uh, speeches from the speakers from the 2024 Wisconsin State of Tribes Address. Life can be hectic. Sometimes the pressure can feel like too much and the emotions can be overwhelming. Hennepin County's COPE Mobile Crisis Response is here to listen and help you find a way through whatever is going on in your life. Call 612-596-1223 for no-cost crisis support anytime, anywhere in Hennepin County. That number is 612-596-1223.
Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. J&S Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. All My Relations Arts presents Okizi. Okizi means to heal, and the exhibition highlights the healing power of cultural revitalization for Native communities. Okizi showcases prints, mixed media, textiles, beadwork, digital collage, and glass sculptures by Native American and Sami artists. It explores Indigenous communities' active healing efforts through language revitalization, landback movements, and embracing traditional knowledge. Visit All My Relations Arts to experience Okizi through April 13th. More information at allmyrelationsarts.org. The City of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's Native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. Reliability. It's something you demand, and it's something that Rudy Luther Toyota delivers. Consumer Reports just put out their 2024 list of most reliable vehicles, and seven out of the top 10 are Toyotas, including the top four, the 4Runner, the Camry Hybrid, the Camry, and the RAV4 Prime. The Highlander Hybrid, the Corolla, and the RAV4 also made the top 10. If seven out of the top 10 most reliable vehicles are Toyotas, that tells you Toyotas overall are the most reliable brand. Get yourself a Toyota today. Head to Rudy Luther Toyota and test drive your favorite Toyota. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169. Hey, AM950 listeners, this is JP Derbogosian. I host This Queer Book Save My Life and The Gailey Show. And I want to say on behalf of myself and my executive producer, Jim Pounds, we appreciate you a lot. You have given us such a warm welcome. Your calls and emails of support have meant the world to us. There aren't a lot of AM radio stations and their listeners who support queer creators like you do. So thanks for listening, and here's to another excellent year of progressive radio and queer progressive radio. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 28, then Friday partly sunny with a high of 35. Vinaigrette can add the perfect complement to your next home-cooked meal. Taste test their wide selection of oils and vinegars, and they'll bottle it for you right on the spot. Vinaigrette is located at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis. Check them out at vinaigrettemn.com. This is uh, Leonard Peltier. I am in uh, Coleman, one. U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of this show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition, and you can learn more about that organization and all of the great work that they do in our state at miwsac.org. Hey, producer Haley Jerry with you now, uh, descendants of Ho-Chunk Nation and the Winnebago tribe of Nebraska. Uh, we are going to be playing some of the speeches that occurred today at the 20th State of the Tribes Address in the great city of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, we have an opening prayer from an elder and then Chairman James A. Crawford of the Forest County Potawatomi community member giving this year's address. Let's take a listen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. My name is Eugene Shano Sr. and I'm a member of the Forest County Potawatomi Tribe located in Crandon, Wisconsin. And my executive council asked me to come say the prayer today, which is a huge 
task for me in my lifetime. But I got my tobacco. This is, this is where I get my strength. I always use this when I talk to my Creator. And today, I'm sure going to need it. And uh, I want to let you know that if I hurt anyone's feelings, it's not intentional. It's, so forgive me for that now. Apologize for that now. But I want to uh, say a prayer in my native tongue because I feel personally that he, he's here listening to me when I do say the prayer. Uh-huh. Shame in the door. To me, God's sweet naked order. I could go gig to him. Kin nam to nog the tone of the Nusrevsia. Nikwan to Isa, Minasquad, Ron, or the Kibezes, Kibez Webzik, and the Snobbego. Panaja, McQuinn Manoda, Evisiskego. Is in Gom, so that Mubiayan. Is a gave a excellent man of Wabduk, got a Snobbekewe. No months want. What is the case? It's a good thing. I'm going to go to order. I can work with order. I'm going to go to the Mazian Gom. But it's not going to be order. I wish I'm going to เอ่อกับเบิกตัวอ่ะตัวมากนึกอ่าเนี่ยกวนจุยจมตนงกมชรนี่ I just want to explain my prayer to you today and that why I clasped my hand to the left. That was from uh, way before my time, the struggles that our natives have come through. Without holding each other's hand tightly where nobody could break it up, and then we chose our leaders to talk for us. And so we succeeded until we got here today. And uh, at that, now we will know what Indian time means. It means that we'll go whatever speed we need to to get to our goals and that uh, we do it together. No one gets left behind. And in the future, we still got to clasp our hands, holding it together and still do the same and continue the success in our art. Creator will watch what we're doing here today and and each tribal leaders here can take this home, and I hope you, uh, it does have some value to you too. But my council, especially, my, uh, I'm very proud of them. There's uh, three women, three young leaders on that council, and three young men. So it's equally, and we have, we have the uh, the mothers on the executive council too have that bonding with the, uh, their children, which is uh, the tribal membership. And so, uh, I, in our Mother Earth, we have to take care of her. She's uh, getting weak, but she never gives up. She keeps on feeding us, the animals, everything. We owe so much to her. And that our Creator, I ask that he helped her along to accomplish this because we're the ones that are abusing her 
and creating this uh, illnesses that we're getting, uh, the COVID, cancer, tuberculosis, and we know it's going to continue finding new diseases because we're not helping our mom stay clean to keep providing for us. As all you mothers know, you will never give up here, your children. And so she'll never give up either, no matter how much we abuse her. So I just want to let uh, the public know that we're all at, at the, the mother Earth's children. And so we all got to pay attention. He don't know what the quick hockey guitar, Shevin Do. We got sweeter, wouldn't go to Janagum Gay. Thank you very much. In keeping with the long tradition of the legislature, we have invited James Crawford, the chairman of the Forest County Potawatomi, who will give today's tribal address. We would invite him to the podium. Thank you. Hello, all my relatives. My name is Bamabmi, which means Thunderbird that watches over and protects us. I am Eagle Clan. I am a Potawatomi Indian. I wanted to speak to you a little bit in my language today, but now I will speak to you in English. First of all, I want to say thank you to my wife, Jennifer, my daughters, Peyton, Mary Jane, Sierra, and my son, Dylan, that are here today with me. Thank you very much. Good morning. My name is James Crawford, and I am the chairman of the Forest County Potawatomi community. It's an honor and a privilege to be speaking before you today. And I stand here with the utmost respect and gratitude for your invitation. Thank you, Governor Evers, Lieutenant Governor Rodriguez, Majority Speaker Voss, Majority Leader Limahue, Senate Minority Leader Hesselbein, Assembly Minority Leader Neubauer, members of the State Senate, members of the State Assembly, constitutional officers, cabinet secretaries, justices of the Supreme Court, esteemed elders, veterans, fellow tribal leaders, and other honored guests for being here today. We are extremely fortunate to have this forum every year to bring attention to Wisconsin Indian country and give you insights on issues currently impacting the people of the 11 tribal nations in this great state. It is my hope that today's address will bring a desire to further celebrate and strengthen a cooperative relationship between the state of Wisconsin and the tribal nations. This address has been, now, has been going on now for 20 years. I wanna say thank you, or chimigwich in our language, to all our Wisconsin state leaders for your continued support. Opportunities like this to give you a better understanding of tribal people and cultures is appreciated by all of us, so miigwech. I'm also very humbled to be asked by my fellow tribal leaders to stand here and represent Wisconsin's tribal nations at this year's State of the Tribe Address. I'd like to recognize my fellow tribal leaders that are here today. Please stand when your name is mentioned. Among us, we have Chairman Robert Blanchard from the Bad River Band of the Lake Superior Chippewa Indians. Thank you. 
President John Johnson Sr., Lac de Flambeau, Band of Lake Superior Chippewa Indians. Chairman Tahasi Hill, Oneida Nation. President John Greendeer, Ho-Chunk Nation. Chairwoman Nicole Boyd, Redcliffe, Band of Lake Superior Chippewa Indians. President Shannon Hosley, Stockbridge Muncie Community. Vice Chairman Tweed Schumann, Lakota Ray, Band of Lake Superior, Chippewa Indians. Chairwoman Gina Katkak, Menominee Indian, Tribe of Wisconsin. Chairman Thomas Fowler, St. Croix, Chippewa Indians of Wisconsin. Councilman Leland Van Zyl, Sakagan Chippewa Community. Also present today is Chairman Jim Williams, Lackview Desire Band of Lake Superior Chippewa Indians in Michigan. All right, we'll be right back after this quick break with more of this speech from the Wisconsin 2024 State of the Tribes Address. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. All My Relations Arts presents Okizi. Okizi means to heal, and the exhibition highlights the healing power of cultural revitalization for Native communities. Okizi showcases prints, mixed media, textiles, beadwork, digital collage, and glass sculptures by Native American and Sami artists. It explores Indigenous communities' active healing efforts through language revitalization, land-back movements, and embracing traditional knowledge. Visit All My Relations Arts to experience Okizi through April 13th. More information at allmyrelationsarts.org. As we pack away the ornaments and bid farewell to the holiday season, it's time to unwrap the gift that keeps on giving, getting protected by a COVID-19 vaccination. This is your chance to make a difference, especially as our Native communities face higher COVID numbers. Those higher numbers underscore the need for collective action. So answer the call and get vaccinated. The latest vaccines are not just authorized, but they're proven effective against the current variants. This is extra protection, even if you've already had previous vaccines, since previous vaccines will eventually wear off. Plus, the new shots are FDA approved for ages six months and up. A COVID vaccine is not just a shot. It's a pledge to safeguard the wisdom and stories handed down by our elders. So join the movement, get vaccinated, and make 2024 the healthiest year ever ever securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more information, including details about clinics offering free vaccines, visit vaccines.gov. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? All right, we're going to get right back into the speech from the 2024 uh, State of the Tribes Address that happened this morning out in Madison, Wisconsin. Let's take a listen. I want to use my time with you today to emphasize some of the ideas that tribal nations hold closely, provide you with a little history, and celebrate and remind you of the accomplishments you've achieved with Wisconsin's tribes. Hopefully, this will help set the, news, uh, the stage for new and better ways we can continue to collaborate to achieve our common goals. The recognition of tribal sovereignty is one of the most important tenets of Native peoples. Tribes have been governing how, they own, how their own people live, act, and rule for countless generations. And each tribe in Wisconsin is its own sovereign nation and has its own distinct challenges and opportunities. Tribal sovereignty is not something we have been granted, but is something we have always inherently held. This inherent sovereignty is what tribes continuously work to preserve, protect, and enhance for our future generations. Each tribe in Wisconsin also has its own unique history. We all have our own stories and traditions that have helped shape our cultures and guide who we are today. For the Potawatomi, the remembrance of our ancestors and the ties to our treaty lands is especially important. 
While the Forest County Potawatomi today have reservation lands in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, that is not our treaty land. Like the other tribes in Wisconsin, the Potawatomi were forced off their lands. The Potawatomi's home in Wisconsin stretched south from Potawatomi Lighthouse and the Potawatomi State Park in Door County, along Lake Michigan through Milwaukee, and just west, just west to Walworth County near Bigfoot Beach State Park, which is named after Potawatomi Chief Bigfoot. And our deep ties to those areas can still be seen today. Cities like Kenosha, Muskego, Waukesha, Sheboygan, and Manitowoc are all derived from the Potawatomi language. So when the Potawatomi talk about our home, that is what we mean. Even though each tribe in Wisconsin is unique with their own histories, cultures, and distinct challenges and opportunities, the tribes still share many commonalities especially the desire and willingness to come together and to work for the greater good. And that's what I want to stress with all of you today. Despite our differences, Wisconsin's tribes and our state leaders can and must continue to collaborate and work together for the greater good. I have been fortunate to serve as the elected leader of the Potawatomi for the last year. Before serving as chairman, I spent more than 10 years in various roles as an elected tribal leader on our executive council. And before that, I served my tribe in various capacities, including serving as board chairman of the Potawatomi Business Development Corporation. I have spent my adult life serving my tribe because I want to help my people, and my tribe needs people who want to help. But my work serving my tribe is only one part of who I am. I'm also a husband, a father, and a grandfather. My wife Jennifer and I have been married for 29 years. We have seven children, beautiful children, and we have been blessed with three grandchildren, with one more on the way. I tell you this about me to, to remind you that each of us has had a different life, different life experiences that shape and guide who we are. And because of that, we all bring a unique perspective to the situations around us. It's important that we gain perspective from those around us. That is why it is so important that all of you in this room reach out to those around you, including Wisconsin's tribes, to gain new perspectives on the issues you are charged with tackling. The perspectives brought by Wisconsin tribes and collaboration with the state have accomplished positive things for all of us. For example, healthcare. Healthcare is one of the most important and costly services that tribal governments provide to both their people and the greater community. And because of tribal health centers, and because tribal health centers serve large populations that are Medicaid eligible, their continued operation is essential. Unfortunately, delays and reimbursements by the federal government and the complexities in reporting have left tribal health facilities with unnecessary financial strains. In some cases, tribal health centers were waiting years to be reimbursed for services. But luckily, there was a path to address these issues. Wisconsin's tribal federally qualified health centers were eligible to adopt an all-inclusive rate for their payment method. This rate typically results in greater overall federal reimbursement, more timely payment for claims, and simplified reporting, all of which will help alleviate current fiscal challenges and allow tribal health facilities to provide the best care possible to their communities. Chief McGwitch, Governor Evers, for the efforts by your Department of Health Services to identify this critical issue and find a way to bring much needed additional health care funding to Wisconsin's tribal nations. And Chi McGwitch, to JFC co-chairs, Senator Howard Markline and Representative Mark Bourne and the members of the Joint Committee on Finance for their recognition of this issue and their approval of this extremely beneficial change. Each tribe in Wisconsin will see a positive benefit from this change, 
And because of this change, Wisconsin's tribes will see a more than $60 million increase in their federal Medicaid reimbursements. That is likely the most significant. That is likely the most significant financial gain for Wisconsin tribes since the advent of tribal gaming in this state. <laughs> Ensuring that people have access to healthy food options is important for everyone. Getting a well-balanced diet of fruits, vegetables, and a variety of proteins is essential for good health and nutrition. However, getting access to the, that food can be difficult for some communities, especially in the rural areas of our state. And for natives, ensuring that we have access to traditional indigenous foods is critical. That, thank you. That is why the Tribal Elder Food Box Program has been so important. This program ensures that tribal elders can have regular access to traditional indigenous foods that are sourced from native and local producers. On a regular basis, tribal elders receive foods like bison, fish, corn, squash, wild rice, white corn flour, and many other items that are central to indigenous diets. And it's been a tremendous success. Elders in all 11 tribes are now able to receive these important food items because of this program. And that's in part because of you. Thank you, Governor Evers, Representative Tony Kurtz, and members of the legislature for providing $3 million from gaming funds in the state budget to ensure this program can continue. The funding you provided in the state budget meant that tribal elders continued to have access to well-balanced, healthy, indigenous foods. And it ensured that local producers, both tribal and non-tribal, were able to continue to provide and sell the thousands of pounds of goods needed for these boxes every month. That is a win for both the health and economic vitality of Wisconsin's tribal people and our agricultural producers around the state. And we look forward to working with you again in the next state's budget to ensure that this can continue. All right, I'm Haley Cherry. You have been listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. If you'd like to hear more of this speech, you can head on over to pbswisconsin.org. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, and free Leonard Peltier. Now, 